Blog Talk Radio. The following is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Trent Wicked is lonely on the lead. He's up by four on the outside. Don't tell me again. Cutting into the margin, but it's McWicked. Four years later, back at the top of the sport. Homicide Hunter who sweeps past to the outside. Homicide Hunter trotting into the finish. It's Homicide Hunter who will hit the line. 148 and 4, the fastest trotter ever. Dewey did some good down the boulevard of broken dreams. Walker Meister coming at him. Walker Meister on the outside getting the best of him. Walker Meister in front. Giddy up. Three wide, all bets off. They're at the top of the stretch. Rockin' Ron turns first in the Battle of Lake Erie. On the outside, bit of a legend. Rockin' Ron, bit of a legend on the outside. Bit of a legend. This year's battle champion, twenty-three and one. Homeward bounding gold cup and soccer. Fifty-nine somewhere. Penty rockin' in heaven. Rose Run West is there. Here the alert have won it! Twinkle takes aim in the passing lane. Now Caviar Alley in full gear outside. Shark start a feeling. Caviar Alley all out. Sharton digging deep. Sharton's gonna dig in here and get the win here. Sharton up on the front end. Then none shall pass for Tim Dietrich. Giddy up! You're tuned in to the official podcast of the Sport of Harness Racing Post Time with Mike and Mike with co-host Mike Carter. Foiled again! Hold on to win! Foiled again! Tough as nails! And Mike Bozich. The Iron Horse has cemented his legacy! Giddy Another Thursday rendition of Hoax Time with Mike and Mike presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America live from the USCA studios in Columbus. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And Mike, I'll tell you what, it's March and you know what that means. It's Bracket Buster Handicapping Championship time. 64 individuals will duke it out for some pretty good prize money, Mike. All you have to do is make it to the final four. And if you have the field of 64 congratulations and let me just start out by saying listen the seeds don't mean anything no they mean nothing listen i got our man pete aiello messaging me how did i draw the 16 seed listen pete calm your calm yourself it has nothing to do with anything no i'm just kidding pete if you're listening i'm, I'm kidding so in other words oh yes you were assigned a 16 seed but anyway yeah, <laughs> we really are. Nobody was assigned. It was a random draw, and seeds are meaningless. Actually, seeds are not meaningless, uh, totally, because if you win the tournament and the seeded NCAA team wins their tournament, 
then you win an extra what is it 100 150 bucks what do we decide extra 100 bucks so when nice. the bracket comes out you know let's say duke is the team that you just happens to be in the same seat as you you win the tournament and so does duke guess what 100 bucks it's as simple as that that's right so once again uh it, it seems like we uh we do this every year Mike cuz i know you you basically you you run this tournament and you do so with an iron fist okay so once again, picks have to be in tonight by nine thirty, right? Yes, They're, yes. Tonight by nine thirty. There might be a small exception. I'm waiting on Yonkers to tell me when the program will be clear. Um, so we may extend it to tomorrow morning, uh, just because we're waiting on uh, the program. But we'll wait and see. It's no, no. Okay, right at this so, moment, it's Thursday at nine thirty. So basically. Uh, keep an keep an eye on our Facebook and Twitter pages, and we'll certainly keep you up to date as far as that goes. But nonetheless, listen, the early bird gets the worm, uh, so try to have your picks in as early as possible because we certainly don't want to be in a situation where we have to disqualify you for not getting your picks in on time. We don't like to do that kind of stuff. No, not at all. I don't want to have to put zeros next to anybody's name, so please make sure you get your selections in. All right. So anyway, okay. that, uh, you know, for, hey, for, hey, yeah, for more information on that, go to post time with hey, Mike and Mike.com. Mike? Hey, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but Derek Givner just sent me a text. Their program clears at 3 o'clock. So the deadline uh, might be extended to like 11 o'clock tonight, but that's about as far as we'll go. So 3 o'clock this afternoon is when the program clears. Beautiful. So you'll have some time to study up on the first leg of the Levy series and the matchmaker. And uh, speaking of that, we're going to have our man from DRF Harness, Matt Rose. He's going to join us, and we're going to delve into the uh, first leg of the Levy and the first leg of the matchmaker coming up at Yonkers. And, Mike, I'll tell you what, this is one of my favorite times of year because we've got a lot of racetracks opening. Our good friends uh, down at Hoosier Park, Harris Hoosier Park, is going to open. We're going to try to get somebody on, maybe Emily Gaskin or Rick Moore on next week to talk a little bit about that. Plus, uh, my neck of the woods is uh, getting ready to open up at the end of the month. Harris, Philadelphia. I certainly can't wait for that. And uh, getting ready to open up on Saturday, the Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono. So we got three major racetracks, three major players in the sport of harness racing, getting ready to open in a couple of weeks, plus the Levy and the Matchmaker. Mike, this is one of my favorite times here because you know when this uh, kind of mixture of things is happening, you know it's getting ready to be spring and it's getting ready to be warm. I'm happy, you know, so happy about that. You know how I know it's about to be spring? What, you saw your first Robin? No, you're going back to work. <laughs> That's right. I can't wait. I can't wait. You know, and I kid, and I kid Mike, and he knows that, but – you know, it, it, this is Mike's time of year where he comes up with about a million and a half ideas. And that's great for the show because we normally take those ideas and kind of spread them out throughout the year. But by uh, but by March, I'm ready for him to go back. It's time for you to go back <laughs> yeah, to work. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I, I didn't, listen, a million of ideas, I think only a few of mine have made it past the board meeting. <laughs> but that, you know <laughs> what? Here, here's – but here's the thing, and we, we allow the free exchange of ideas between each other, which makes what is what makes this show what it is. But we also allow the free ex- exchange of ideas between fans. Fans suggest things to our show all the time, and some things we use, obviously some things we don't. But uh, we both are appreciative for everything that everybody, including each other, does to help uh, kind of rise us up a little bit. All right. Well, listen, let's get, uh, let's get the show rolling because uh, we're going to have uh... – the uh, terrific trio from the Downs of Mohegan Sun Pocono. They're going to be on the program 
at the same time. So it's it's kind of going to be like a Pocono staff meeting, sort of, Mike. Maybe we'll get some uh, inside info of what's going on. But Jennifer Starr, the racing marketing manager, will be joining us along with their fine track announcer, Jim Baviglia. Uh, you know, my little man, Ben, he listens to that Sharpton call pretty much every day. Um, let's see, who else? Ricky Kane is going to be joining us as well. Rick is the racing secretary at the Downs of Mohegan Sun Pocono, one of the uh, finest racing secretaries in the sport. So we're going to talk to him as well. Plus, one of the USTA's newest directors, Mike Casey Leonard. You had a chance uh, to uh, attend the festivities over this past weekend uh, in Columbus, Ohio. Casey Leonard, uh, one of the uh, part of the new blood. Uh, the uh, as far as the USDA goes, will be joining us, and of course, we'll talk to Matt Rose as well. Let's get to our first commercial timeout. When we come back, it's the trio of Starm, Baviglia, and Kane on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. At Bet America, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com slash extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the Bet America way. New Vocations Resource Adoption Program. Retrain. Rehab. Rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. Every year, the Harness Horse Youth Foundation travels the country to share the love of harness racing with the next generation. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation educates, introducing youth to new friends and opportunities. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has been a positive influence in the lives of thousands of young people since 1976. Learn how you can support bringing kids and horses together, building a stronger future for the sport. Visit hhyf.org. That's hhyf.org. Mike and Mike presented by Bet America and the USTA. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter right now. We're joined by the terrific trio from the Downs of Mohegan Sun Poconos. They are getting ready to start yet another harness racing meet, which means it is a sure sign of spring and warmer weather ahead. We're joined by the racing marketing manager, Jen Starr, the fine track announcer, Jim Bavilia. Jim Bavilia. 
Got it. And Rick Kane, the uh, fine race secretary at the Downs of Mohegan Sun Pocono. Jen, we'll uh, start with you. Obviously, another season. Uh, I've been seen to have been very active on Facebook Live with the qualifiers, getting people excited for the season, and I know I certainly am, and you guys have to be too. We're really excited. The adrenaline is flowing. Everybody's temperature is up. Everybody's excited about spring. I think it's just so great to have the horses back, the horsemen back. We have the best driver and trainer colony. It's just really exciting to be back. No question about it. Now, Jen, what are some of the things, what are some of the promotions we can look forward to? I know well, we've got to do post time, don't we? Absolutely. The big news is the post-time change. Now, we will stay Saturdays and Sundays at 7 p.m., but we're moving into the 4 o'clock post for Mondays and Tuesdays. Now, in March, we've got the abbreviated schedule, so we'll be racing Saturday, Sunday, and Tuesday in March, and the Tuesday will be the 4 o'clock post, and the Saturday and Sunday will be the 7 o'clock. And then in April, we'll move into our regular schedule of Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. And that new post, and we hope a lot of our fans embrace that, and come out early and stay and enjoy the nights. And I think when we go into the summer months, I think it's just going to be so great to sit outside on the apron and just enjoy a warm summer evening and terrific harness racing. No question about it. Let's bring in our fine race secretary, a guy who's been uh, working for the last couple of weeks now, getting things set. And obviously the most important thing at a racetrack is putting those horses on the racetrack and coming up with those competitive fields. And that is the job of one Rick Kane. Rick, uh, first of all, how did your winter go? What what were you doing this winter besides uh, looking up your family history? Well, um, I had a little bit of time off and everything, and I was going to do some traveling. I did a little bit of it uh, to see some family and everything, but uh, I got back here middle of January, so I started working on the meet then. Tell us a little bit about what it takes to kind of get a meet together. Now, we know once you get into, like, the day-to-day operations, once you get into the meet, you know, you're putting the races together, but there is definitely some preparations the couple weeks prior leading up to the actual meet. What are some of the things that you guys do to get things ready uh, from your perspective for the for the race meet? Well, you always, you always try to mix it up a little bit as far as, like, uh, trying some different events, uh, different ways of looking at classifications and such. Um for instance, like a few years ago, I started the Weiss Series, and uh, that's starting, the first of those uh, events are starting April 1st, very popular. I did a little bit different this year. I didn't uh, have any nominating fees, which made it a lot more popular, so that'll be pretty good. And last year, I started a new event called the Great Northeast uh, Open Series for Pace, Try, and Mayor Pacers. Uh, we got that back again, and the first leg of that is going to be on May 4th, I believe, and uh, with the uh, Van Rose Memorial, that's part of it. The finals will be going on September 9th for 100,000, going a distance of a, a mile and a quarter, which mm. is a little bit different than the, the standard mile and everything. It makes it a more interesting race. Let's bring in our fine track announcer, Jim Bavilia. Jim, uh, I'll tell you what, I, I, I said before I brought you on, you know, my, my kid, my son, he listens to the Shark and Call every day. And I'm telling you, I'm not kidding you. I really am not kidding you. It is on our TV, uh, the Breeders' Crowd. He's got it DVR'd every single day. He listens to that call. And I ask him all before, I say, who's going to win this race? Who do you like? Oh, I like Sharton. None shall pass. Sharton, none shall pass. <laughs> 
so, he's still young. He doesn't he doesn't know any better yet. So we'll, we'll give we'll give him a break. He's he's one of my biggest fans. I love it. So I, so I got to ask you a couple of questions. First of all, how was your winter? Second of all, and I know you've been busy with with the books and in writing and so forth. Second of all, what do you do to kind of keep, if anything, to kind of keep your uh, your vocal cords going over the winter? You know, it's funny. Well, as far as you mentioned over the winter, uh, you know, I do my writing and things like that. So I had a book come out in November, kind of starting up the process for another one. Um, the vocal cords, I, you know, it's funny. My wife always laughs at me because she'll catch me, you know, like I'll have the newspaper downstairs and I'll be reading it aloud, you know, stuff like that. And she's like, what are you doing? Are you talking to yourself? I said, no, you know, it's just a little way to, to keep that kind of inflection going and, and things like that. So that when I come back, I'm not, I'm not completely uh, lost on how to, how to broadcast the race again. So little things like that. But, but the good thing is once you get up there in the booth and you see the race and the adrenaline kicks in, then, then you Usually muscle memory kicks in as well, and, and it all kind of comes back to you. Now, Jim, first things first, I still don't know who Radiohead is, okay? So we, we got to get <laughs> – I knew that was coming. The table. <laughs> 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 and, you know, listen, second of all, you know, I've been in a lot of announcers' booths, and, you know, from, you know, Colonial Downs to the Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono and Harris, Philadelphia. And, and I'll tell you, the sight lines that you have there are, are pretty pretty darn good compared to a lot of racetracks. How how much fun is it to be able to call the races at Pocono? You know, first of all, you mentioned it, Mike. It's it's just such a it's it's such a, a lovely setting, you know, like to to look and there's the mountains in the background and you know the, the track right before me. You know, with Jen mentioned, we're going to be racing in the afternoons now, so you got you're going to have the sunshine and the twilight. I mean, just that alone, it's it's really nice to look at. It's 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 a picturesque uh, setting. And then when you add the races to that, uh, it, it's just something where, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't want to say it's easy calling the races, but when, when you've done it at, at the same location for so long, you kind of know all the nooks and crannies. And, and so, like I said, when you, when you get up there, it all kind of falls back into place. And I, I'm just really so grateful for the opportunity. You know, this I think my 12th year calling the races, and I get more and more grateful to, to have this gig every single year. I, I just look forward to it and uh, you know uh, just like jen and rick I, I can't wait to get this season started now rick what does it take to kind of put the condition sheets together at the start of the season obviously uh, when you have your horse population going you kind of know your horses and kind of know where they fit and things but what does it take to kind of build that sheet up at the start of a season well initially my first condition sheet i pretty much throw everything there just to see what i have because it, Racing today is very different from what it was when I first started out. Those days, pretty much every racetrack had a pretty well uh, full barn area as far as, like, uh, those were the horses that raced at your track. Rarely did you have anybody shipping in. Today, racing is pretty much from uh, coming from training centers and farms, and you not quite sure what you have from one week to the next because, you know, trainers pick their spots. They may race here one week, and they may go to someplace else the next week. So you try to – what I do is my conditions are very basic, so they're not too, uh, like, uh, wordy, and uh, we go from there. Now, Jen, obviously lots of great promotions coming up at the Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono. We were out there for the Breeders' Crown and had an absolute blast. 
you know, talk about from a marketing standpoint what it takes to kind of build your marketing plan around a racing season like this and how you want to build up your opening night. Well, you really have to do a lot of fan-friendly events and make sure as you are marketing the racetrack, you make sure you highlight the strong points and the attractive points and the fun points about it. So that's that can be a challenge, but it can also be fun to do. So we concentrate on a lot of events that the fans will really embrace. Fun giveaways, fun voucher giveaways, fun events that fans could come out and participate in. So, you know, like our 50 50 night. It's it's become such a popular night where fans can buy $50 in vouchers and we match it with an additional 50. Uh, even offering something as simple as a free program goes a long way because fans love that. They come in for that. Nice giveaway items. Everybody loves their souvenir items. So we have something special planned for uh, Sunstake Saturday, our big $2.1 million night in June, and that will get everybody ready for the beach, the lake, whatever, the pool for the summer. So we're looking forward to that. And then we pepper it in with some celebrity signings so that they can come out and meet some of their favorite celebrity sports stars just a lot of great things that fans can come out and spread the word. Hey, you know, I went up to the Downs. I watched some great racing. I met so-and-so sports star, and guess what? I won a couple dollars at the track. And, you know, it's a social event, too. I mean, it's, you know, listen, you could go out with your friends, and, you know, you, you, and honestly, it's not that expensive of a night out. I mean, you know, it's, it's uh, I mean, it's free admission, free parking. Uh, you know, the, the, the bets are, are very reasonable. I mean, you don't have to go crazy. It's really a nice social night out, especially when you get, a, you know, good warm weather. Absolutely. And, you know, it's not just for guys. A lot of women come out and they enjoy the evening with a a glass of wine, sitting on the patio and watching their favorite horses. It's just such a great event. So I see so many women coming out now and just enjoying the races. And listen, the drivers are good looking. You know, that's definitely a reason to come out. Hey, let me tell you what, drivers are, are amongst our most marketable uh, tool in this business, let me tell you that, especially the group of the group of guys we got today, because you know what, they're all very personable, they're all very good, I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're all very good interviews, almost all of them are really good interviews, all well-spoken, so I mean, really fantastic marketing tools for not only Pocono, but the sport of harness racing. Well, Jen, real quick before we let you guys go, um, I know you're very active on social media, tell everybody where they could, uh, where they could follow you and uh, keep up to date on the promotions. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Downs at MSP, and we keep everybody up to date with uh, race night, on and off uh, handicapping news and promotions and some photos and quick little driver divs. So make sure you follow us on Twitter at Downs at MSP. And, of course, follow me on Facebook. I'm Jennifer Starr with two R's, and that's where we always post a lot of videos. And hopefully come out to the track and enjoy it. And Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono open Saturday night. Post time, 7 o'clock. All right, sounds good. Well, Jen, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Jim, it's uh, always a pleasure. I'm sure we'll see you throughout the meet. And uh, same goes for you, Rick. You got a heck of a job. And uh, keep up the good work. We can't wait for another uh, another uh, meet at the Downs of Mohegan Sun Pocono. Thank you, sir. Thanks, guys. Thank you. All right, that was uh, the, the terrific trio of uh, – we, we don't do that very often, do we? Have like uh, no. 
three people from one entity on on at the same time. That was pretty cool. We should. That was fun. We should. Maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll do that next week at Hoosier. We've got Rick Moore and Emily, and then we can have a third person. Maybe Scott Piney or Steve Cross. Right. Absolutely. I, I think we we're on to something here, Mike. There you go. A trio of guests. Instead of having three or four guests on, we'll have nine to twelve. Man, I'll we'll tell you just what. have every guest on at the same time. Could you imagine <laughs> the press release that we'd have to write each and every week? We, we're going to have thirteen guests this week. Well, that'd be tune in live. Well, you know what? We, we we listen. We have had uh, debate scenarios before, and I'm not yeah, I'm not oh, talking yeah. about just the USTA, but we've had a couple of roundtable discussions on some issues. Those were pretty fun. Yeah, those weren't bad. You know, we let people kind of chit chat back and forth, and you know, talk about some of the things that are important to them that they think is important in the sport of harness racing. And you know, those those are really fun. And you know, we're always looking for ways to mix mix things up on the show. Why not? You know. All right. Um, our man Garnet Gar, Garnet Bar. It's not Garnet. It's Garnet. Right? Garnet. Yes. yes. And Garnet. he was on. Uh, Jason Beam's podcast uh, uh, yesterday, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was on Jason Beam's podcast yesterday. And I had a chance to listen to it. And, of course, that's on the Bet America Radio Network as well. And uh, there's some good stuff happening on the Bet America Radio Network. I mean, uh, not only is, is Thoroughbred Racing getting great coverage and Harness Racing getting great coverage, and our man Garnet was on Jason's show yesterday. It was a great interview, by the way. Uh, so make sure you check that out. But uh, they're also starting to delve into some sports talk a little bit. Ed DeRose has got a show on there now about how to bet the races. And, and I'm going to tell you what, the Bet America Radio, we're, we're so happy to be part of it because it is really starting to blossom. Yeah, it is. It's definitely starting to blossom. It's a lot of fun, and they have some great things. And speaking of our man, Ed DeRosa, uh, we're sending our prayers uh, from mm. all of us here, Mike and Mike. Uh, his son has been uh, very, very, very sick over the last week or so. And so uh, we're thinking about you, Ed, if you're listening, uh, we're, we're definitely thinking about you. Yeah, he's making good progress. So that's, that's really good news. Uh, you know, so certainly our prayers out to him, but anyway, uh, we got a few minutes before we bring on uh, Casey Leonard. Casey Leonard is the, one of the newest USDA directors. And uh, Mike, you had a chance to uh, kind of uh, be a part of uh, the USDA Board of Directors meeting over the last weekend. And tell us how it went. Tell us, uh, give us an update if there's anything that maybe we should know. Well, I'll tell you, it was interesting, uh, to say the least. And not because the directors were arguing back and forth or, you know, not because there was any huge controversies, but it gave me the opportunity to learn about some things that I didn't necessarily know that we were working on behind the scenes. Um, the Harness Racing Medication Collaborative is something that's being worked on. Um, I won't dive into the details of that just yet until the press release comes out. Um, there, there are some really cool legislative things uh, that we've been working on. Um, you know, we talked uh, some – Don Marine gave a really good speech, Mike, and I don't know if you've seen it um, yet – where Don Marine talked about the main legislature and what they had to do up there to save the sport of harness racing and what exactly went down. If you haven't seen that video, Mike, you need to go to YouTube and check it out because it's definitely worth watching. And it's definitely an eye opener. Yeah. I mean, it, I don't think there's any question that harness racing and racing in general is going to have to get creative if, you know, with, with the legislatures and stuff, if, if, you know, if we want to stay competitive, but, um, uh, oh, I was, I was 
something here. <laughs> we got to talk about that too, by the way. Larry Coleman's had a chance to call a race at Yonkers. I want to talk about that. Maybe we could play a little bit of it too, a little bit later on if we have some time. But um, also a speech by Russell Williams, and yep. that is available on the. Um, I saw it on the, I believe the USDA's Facebook page as well. And I'll tell you what, that was a very good speech. I thought he brought a, a very important thing to the table. I think that a lot of people, you know, need to hear, and and that's unity. You know, sometimes it gets lost in day to day operation. Now, there's a lot of spinning wheels in the sport of harness racing, but you know, it's important, especially when we go in front of these legislatures. It's very important that we are united in our goals. You know, it's funny you say that because. It was really fun to help him put that together. That was actually shot right here in the USTA studios um, in Columbus. And myself, Wendy Ross, Dan Leary, and Rich Johnston helped him uh, as far as the video, putting the video aspect on and recording it, helping him inflect certain words and things. I got to help him with the teleprompter that we used. And you should really see the behind-the-scenes work that went into putting this thing together. Russell did an amazing job. And uh, I'll tell you what, his speech really hit, touched home with a lot of people, Mike. Uh, there was a lot of people there who, you know, were gritting, who were shaking their heads in approve, or, approval of the message. Definitely was something uh, something to see. Yeah, I mean, Russell, listen, Russell's a really smart guy. I've had a chance to talk to Russell on a few occasions, and I'll tell you what, he knows – exactly what's going on in this business and you know he is one of those people and i think we kind of heard that if you go back a couple of years and listen to that debate he knows the limitations of the usta he knows back of his hand what the usta can can do and and you know quite frankly can't do but uh you know he is he's calm he's cool he's collected uh he's an attorney you know, he, uh, I mean, he wants uh, the most successful breed farm in the, in the, in the, in the world. So, you know, th- this is a guy that definitely knows what he's doing. And when he speaks, you know, people li- should listen. Oh, for sure. They should. Um, you know, it, it was definitely, you know, it was a very fun couple of days. That's for sure. It was very invigorating to hear some of the ideas that people, uh, people were talking about. And of course, a lot of work. I, I know that once it's kind of like the the Dan Patch Awards. I mean, I know that a lot of work probably has to go behind the scenes, you know, to uh, you know to make everybody happy, so to speak. And uh, you know, I know you probably did a lot of that grunt work behind the scenes, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, there, there. You know, listen, there was a lot of work that went on behind the scenes. I actually had to present a couple of things myself. And I tell you, the, to see the USTA team, um, I think we've got forty six or forty seven people put on a show like we did, I think uh, I was super impressed. I really was. All right. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that in just a second with one of the newest USTA directors, Casey. We're going to preview leg one of not only the Levy, but the blue chip matchmaker with our band from uh, DRF Harness, Matt Rose. That and a lot left more to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USTA. 
Winback Farms welcomes three new stallions in 2019. New to New York, Boston Red Rocks, one of the 2015 Dan Patch Award for two-year-old pacing colts, and a Breeders' Crown champion. New to Pennsylvania, 34-time winner Heston Blue Chip, one of the Dan Patch Awards for three-year-old colt pacers, and a Breeders' Crown champion. Also the sire of the second richest two-year-old Philly pacer of 2018, Zero Tolerance, and new to Ontario, my MVP, a proven sire of stakes winners, including Good Times Trot winner Wolfgang. For more information, go to winbackfarm.com. That's winbackfarm.com. Looking to bet on great racing from around the country and around the world? There's no better place than BetAmerica.com. But there's also no better time to join because right now we're offering a 100% sign-up bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. Simply open a new account at BetAmerica, make your first deposit, and we'll add your bonus immediately. It's, it's that easy. easy. Sign up today at BetAmerica.com. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a lift chair or scooter to help with your mobility needs? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application or contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. If eligible, you may receive funding. Mike are you a harness racing trainer or driver? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2018 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2019 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through November 30th. For the drivers and trainers that are currently participating in the challenge and donate $100, they will receive a Pacing for the Cure long sleeve t-shirt or baseball cap. For a $250 donation, the driver or trainer will receive two tickets to the annual party. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers and trainers. You're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The Barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at BetAmerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the Barn. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich. We're joined now by the newest, one of the newest anyway, USTA directors, Casey Leonard. And Casey, I got to ask you to kick things off. Listen, time change happened this weekend. So not only did you lose an hour coming, you, or excuse me, you gained an hour coming, and then you gained another hour based off of the time change. How in the world did you survive Sunday and Monday? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't too bad. It was uh luckily it wasn't very uh strenuous physical work. It was just a lot of trying to <laughs> trying to stay uh, focused. Well, Casey, uh talk to us a little bit about your first USTA directors meeting. Um this uh was you know, that you you joined from Illinois and uh, excuse my ignorance here of not knowing who you who seat I believe it was Doc Walker's seat you took over. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but what was it like to kind of be in Columbus and be around everybody and kind of hear some of the stories and things that were going on? Uh, first off, it's, you know, those are big shoes to fill with Doc Walker. He did a, 
He did a lot for the sport, and he does certainly a lot for our state of racing. So it's, uh, like I said, big shoes to fill. Uh, Not having anything to base it off of, I knew quite a few people going into it, especially the Midwest folks. So that was, you know, it's always nice to see them and kind of see their role in it, especially Gabe Wand. I think he has a real active role in it. So, and we've known each other for quite a while. Uh, A lot of the East Coast guys I do not know. So it's, you know, it's kind of interesting. Probably my biggest impression, what I really noticed is Illinois, you know, historically was one of the leaders in the sport. And now we, I kind of have a feeling like we're on the outside looking in. It's, it's, it's definitely tough to only race five months a year in Illinois. And then to try to, you know, keep your pulse on the, your finger on the pulse of what's going on in the sport. But it was, I, I really thought the, Technology that was implemented was great. I, I, I enjoyed the President Williams TED Talk. I thought that was a great way to present it and really, you know, kept it on task and identified a lot of the problems. So I found that interesting. Visiting with Casey Leonard. Now, Casey, uh, you mentioned a very good point, and that was a good segue because that's going to lead into my next question. And it's kind of like Michigan. You know, I, I worked up in Michigan for 10 years, and, you know, when I first started up there at Hazel Park in 2004, I think we had like six or seven tracks. I mean, we had Northville and Sports Creek and Hazel Park and Saginaw and Jackson um, and, you know, numerous, numerous uh, county fairs. I mean, it was a real big deal. And then, you know, you fast forward, what, 10, 15 years, and you've done one track racing, what, four or five months a year, and pretty much the same thing with Illinois, um, you know, down to Hawthorne. Uh, what are the challenges, uh, you know, from you coming from USTA director when you sit in the room with a lot of people that do have the expanded gaming out here in, in New York and in Pennsylvania? Does that present its own kind of unique challenge? I think so. I mean, it, like I said, it's just it. it's kind of I, two things. I think the biggest thing is that, like I said, when you do kind of have that feeling that you're on the outside looking in, you the problems really seem to be amplified because even, you know, things weren't great in Illinois when we were racing 200, 250 days a year, but it was, uh, you kind of get the blinders on where you, you just put your head down and keep working and you think everything's great. But when you kind of step back and you, you notice some of the problems and although the purses are great, we've all, you know, I've always really watched handle and the handle isn't great. So it, and that's kind of where your relationship comes with your racetrack is they wanted, you know, they would, of course, love for us to support ourselves. So it's, uh, but I really, you know, the one gentleman from Maine that talked about his situation with going to legislation and that it's not welfare. Like we, we work hard for the money we make and it, it's competitive. And I, I, that, that kind of hit home with me, especially is that it's, it, you know, it's not a welfare, welfare program. We, everybody that, makes a living in the sport works hard for everything they get. But uh, as far as challenges, I, I guess, I guess just trying to find where I fit in the best. Uh, I, I think, you know, paramutual, and I think it's a great opportunity of developing the relationships with the racetracks and seeing what's working at other jurisdictions. I think we have a really good relationship with Hawthorne as far as the horsemen and management. I, I think uh, we're all, you know, pulling the same cart right now we're trying to uh get something done but that's the biggest challenge is that 
not so much the relationship with the track right now, it's the relationship with the state and legislation. So now Casey, uh, let's kind of dive into who you are and how you got into the sport of harness racing. Uh, how, how did Casey Leonard get started and, uh, when, when did the driving thing, when did you decide that the driving thing is what you wanted to do? Uh, I went to school. I graduated from Western in 99 or 2000. And, uh, I really had no intentions of racing horses. We have a family farm in Harvard, and I had a couple jobs out of college. I got into supply chain management and warehousing, and I worked for Walmart for a while. And uh, then my uncle passed away, and my dad asked if I would come home and help with the farm because Ross had already moved. He tried Pompano, and he tried up in Canada, and then he ended up at Hoosier, which has been a, which has been absolutely great for our family just to be able to have more racing opportunities and he's been able to race quite a bit over in Ohio too now. So it's, uh, that's helped a lot, but I, uh, came back and then I really just wanted to train horses. I I have a 12 year old son and my wife, we still live in Harvard, so it's quite a commute. So I just wanted to stay at home and train and go to the track a few nights a week. And then as the exodus started from Illinois, more and more people asked if I would be interested in driving. And initially for about a year, I, said no and I drove very sparingly and then uh when well-to-do guru I don't know if you're familiar with that horse but he uh he had some braking issues as a young horse and then the owners asked if I would drive him and he ended up being a very nice horse for us for many years and his uh his uh climb up the ladder coincided with mine by the time he was an older horse and went in invites and stuff that's when i was driving in a lot of races and that's when i was going down every night and driving so but belmora was about 112 miles from our farm so three nights a week driving through chicago traffic was a uh, was a little challenging for a lot of years <laughs> yeah visiting with uh visiting with casey leonard casey let's talk a little bit about the landscape of illinois racing uh you know uh the most recent bit of news uh that's been going around on facebook is of course the demolition of maywood park another you know very sad scene i mean there's a place that i spent a lot of nights growing up uh you know balmoral park uh, of course uh, is is home to the, the the jumpers now as they call them like horse equestrian and from what i hear that's not doing too well over there but uh you know what hawthorne stepped up to the plate um you know and that's where the harness home is now uh give us any kind of update is there any kind of movement on the legislation for expanded gaming or is there is there really anything going on right now in terms of uh, that well we have a new governor and he's you know he's met with the horsemen's association dave mccaffrey a former standard bread trainer he's uh executive director of the thoroughbred association now here in illinois so i i think the horsemen's association are all working together and i the way i understand it is that we do have uh we do have the governor's ear former governor edgar is on his transition team so that's really good news for us because he's he's a horse owner and always been a big supporter of it uh the way i understand it we could know something in the spring session here towards the end of may and uh i I hope that everything kind of works out in our favor here in the next couple months. We could know something. 
Well, you know what? That's one thing. It's a continuous fight. And then, as you probably learned, you know, when uh, when you're sitting on the USTA, uh, when you're sitting amongst all them people, the, the the ones that do have the slots, it's a constant fight to keep it. You know, it's it's just a con- and the thing is, is that these legislatures, they turn over so often that it's just a constant education process. I mean, more time is spent in state legislatures and state capitals, you know, by uh, by harness racing lobbyists and uh, you know people that aren't racing that are spent on the farm in a lot of situations so it's a constant battle but i'll tell you what casey we i think we had john a couple of years ago and when, uh, when i was filling into hawthorne for peter Galassi, the first winter meet there in quite a while and uh listen man you know it's it's good to have new blood on the usta it's good to have new fresh ideas and uh we'll just keep trudging forward my friend yeah that's about all we can do all right. Well, Casey, we certainly appreciate you joining us, buddy. Best of luck to you, and uh, I'm sure we'll check in with you in the near future. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you very much, guys. All right. That was Casey Leonard, and uh, a, a new USTA director, Mike. I'll tell you what. It's it's good to have new, fresh blood mixed in, you know, with with that experience, and uh, you know, listen, you get new ideas, and and uh, you know, it's always a good thing. I think. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And Casey's a good dude, and uh, he was a lot of fun to kind of talk to and pick his brain a little bit uh, while we were in um, while we were in Columbus. I had to think where we were there for a second. Jeez, we listen to me. So well, uh, you were it, in Florida it, it was, the week before. So yeah, <laughs> listen, I, I lose track of where we're at each and every week. You never know. You never know where Mike and Mike are going to be, or the USTA is going to be. That's for sure. I'll tell In you fact, what, man. I, you 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 are you know what you are pedal to the metal every day. You know what I can say th- I can say this now. I am actually uh, going to be filling in for Pacey Midland on uh, on Friday night tomorrow night at um, at uh, Miami Valley. Well, you better so, use Pacey's. Be to... You better use Pacey's stage name because probably uh, there's a lot of people that don't know who Pacey is. So why don't you tell, tell people who Pacey is? He is the whiz, the wizard. Uh, there he's going to call go. a couple of races for Barry Vicroy tomorrow night, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Our good friend, the wizard. He gives a lot of people grief on Facebook, doesn't he? Let's not talk about that. <laughs> he messes. You know what? I, I, I was, listen, I was telling you the other day. He, I, I'm telling you, I guarantee you he makes some of these posts, and he gets the feedback that he does. I guarantee you he's sitting at home laughing his rear end off. I guarantee. Oh, we had him on the show. He's a he's a he's a good guy, isn't he? Maybe. Let, let, next oh, topic, he's please. He's a, he's, he's. But anyway, so you'll be at Miami Valley on Friday. So make sure you uh, look for Mike Carter uh, at Miami Valley on Friday. You subbed at Northfield. Uh, what's today? Thursday. It's Tuesday, right? No, Monday. And no, I Monday started the races there last night. Yeah. How about Southwind Amazon? Yeah, listen, Southwind Amazon, the son of Camelot, I tell you what a racehorse he is. That is an impressive, impressive racehorse. And, and you want to know what's even what's what's really bad now is the fact that he used to leave all the time, Mike. Now they have somehow taught him to race from off the pace and ring. And it doesn't matter if he starts from the eight hole or the fifty hole, he he's been winning. So. You know, it's definitely something that, uh, you know, those guys have worked extremely hard on. And Southwind Amazon, didn't was he around back in the Michigan days back there? I want to say he was. Hmm. I know Paul Holzman was. Paul Holzman trained a lot of horses at Hazel Park back in the day. Well, there you go. We might have to get Paul on the show one of these days. Oh, for sure we will. 
talk a little bit about Southwind Amazon because, you know, there, there's something to be said for those kind of horses. I like to call them lunchbox horses because, you know what, they're overnight horses. They're in the opens, invites at your local track every week or every other week. And, uh, you know, I mean, just durable. Durable sure. is like the per- perfect word for horses like that, you know. And, 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 you know, I get a lot of questions about, you know, well, why should I invest in harness racing when I could invest in thoroughbred racing? Well, I'll give you the answer. Durability. Right. You've got to keep those horses down. You've got to, you know, really do a lot of things to keep those horses moving, especially at that age. I mean, he's nine years old. He's no spring chicken, that's for sure. All right. Well, speaking of durability, we got our good friend from DRF Harness, Matt Rose, coming up, and we're going to take a look at the blue chip matchmaker and the Leafy. It's that time again. Leg one, which means the Leafy tournament's at full force. So, uh, Mike Carter, you got your hands full again coming up. Yeah. So everybody wants to know when the PPs are coming out. Why don't you say? Why don't you give that uh, give that uh, confirmation once again of when the PPs are coming out, so people can study up for the Leafy. I just talked to Alex Dedoyan um, a couple of minutes ago, and he said that it will be out sometime around 4 o'clock. The program clears around 3, so expect it around, the, around 3, 30, 4 o'clock. All right. You got 64 people that are looking for him. Listen, we got about 58 emails already, so uh, listen. <laughs> the angry mob is banging down Mike Carter's door. <laughs> <laughs> they they all want to know where where their program is, but that's all right. You know what? We're gonna have some fun. We're gonna see who's gonna win out of these sixty four guys. We do have a bunch of selections in already, so you know uh, some of them aren't using PPs. I respect that. If that program don't come out by four o'clock, you better have security follow you around. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're gonna take a time out. When we come back, we're gonna dissect these races: the Blue Chip Matchmaker on Friday, the Levy on Saturday, the Leg One. Matt Rose will be joining us up next. Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USTA. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has the power to bring a life-changing experience to any child. We introduce youth to the horses and skills that build confidence, friendships, and a lifelong love of harness racing. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has been a positive influence in the lives of thousands of young people since 1976. Check out the complete list of Harness Horse Youth Foundation camps and activities at hhyf.org. That's hhyf.org. Winback Farms welcomes three new stallions in 2019. New to New York, Boston Red Rocks, one of the 2015 Dan Patch Award for two-year-old pacing colts, and a Breeders' Crown champion. New to Pennsylvania, 34-time winner Heston Blue Chip, one of the Dan Patch Awards for three-year-old colt pacers and a Breeders' Crown champion. Also the sire of the second richest two-year-old Philly pacer of 2018, Zero Tolerance. And new to Ontario, my MVP, a proven sire of stakes winners, including Good Times Trot winner Wolfgang. For more information, go to winbackfarm.com. That's winbackfarm.com. 
you're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The Barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at BetAmerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the Barn. As Princess Prisa comes in wide, in fourth at the top of the stretch, Miss You in front. Miss You's going to try to take them all the way. It's a two-length lead here. And then it's B-15 in second, followed by Lean on Who to the outside. But Miss You is long gone. Won it by five lengths. 50, B-15 was second. And then it was Princess Prisa, and Lean on Who was... Around the horn is the easiest way, the better way, and that is how we will go. Anything more? Are you frightened to go on the horn, Mr. Christian? Are you a coward too, sir? All right, we're going around the horn. It's that time of year again. Mike Carter, is. Uh, we've got the, all the action at Yonkers Raceway this weekend with the Blue Chip Matchmakers starting on Friday and the George Morton Levy started on Saturday. And we cannot wait. I'll tell you what, looking at these races, it looks like it's going to be a blockbuster first leg for both the Matchmaker and the Levy. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch, and our man Matt Rose is joining us now. And Matt, you chart the races at Yonkers Raceway, but you chart them from an interesting spot in the announcer's booth. What was it like to sit back and kind of watch Larry Kalmus call a race uh, the other night? You know, it's funny. I actually I, I actually wasn't there on Monday nights. Oh, uh, My colleague man. Kenny Walters was up there. However, uh, I know John Hernan, uh, he, he, hinted, he hinted that the Larry might be showing up. Um, so I, I kind of got to, yeah, I had a little inside knowledge. He's going to come on the air and, uh, it's great to hear his voice. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, he did a great job. Uh, it's not the easiest, uh, vantage points of situation up there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you want to talk about true professional. That was a great job, but yeah, I was disappointed. Uh, it's like the one night <laughs> I wasn't there is when, uh, you know, like something exciting was, you know, was happening. There. <laughs> and that's the first time I think Larry's called a harness race in an awfully long time. Uh, I think he said five years or something like yeah. that. Maybe I think there was a yeah. – uh, I read a little story. I think it was the first race in five years or something like that. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, Larry Comas uh, making the cameo appearance. Uh, and I'll tell you what, John Hernan's a great announcer as well. I mean, two great announcers right there. I mean, one of the best at Harness, one of the best in Thoroughbred in the same booth. Um, you know, just a, a great, great thing. But we've got a great, great thing coming up on Friday and Saturday, Matt. I'll tell you what, these races, in my opinion, panned out really, really well. They should be very competitive. And it starts, uh, all starts on Friday, the blue chip matchmaker. Let's go through these one at a time, Matt. We'll start at race number mm-hmm. five, the uh, first division of leg one going for a purse of $40,000. And one of the things that you are going to notice quite a bit this year, and you probably noticed it over the past couple of years when looking at these races is you're going to see a lot more A's and you're going to see a lot more N's. Yeah. I was, I was just about to say that, uh, that that's probably the theme. That's been the theme, especially at Yonkers for quite a while now. 
and we've seen a bit of a legend and, and other uh, Peter Tritton uh, trainees uh, have a ton of success uh, over the over the last few years. And now we've seen uh, trainer Lance Hudson has has uh, had some uh, very very live uh, imports that have come on the scene and just been uh, super impressive. Uh, namely, I believe his name is uh, Better Be Chevron as a mayor, uh, who's just been outstanding. I think she's in the fifth division, uh, racing against Shart and N. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Lance Hudson's had some great horses. He might be giving Peter Tritt another run for his money. But, uh, yeah, if you look at the first division, uh, the first horse that sticks out is, is, a, is an A horse, so to speak, ideal lifestyle A. Uh, from the trainer Tani Camilleri, I believe I'm pronouncing her name correctly. Uh, she's been super in her three Yonker starts. Not not the smoothest around the turns, but the, she's got a great motor. And uh, if you, if she if she has no road trouble whatsoever, I think she can handle things uh, from this spot. Uh, these first uh, the first legs of these series are sometimes a little tricky because you have horses that are raced all winter, and you have a bunch of classy horses that are maybe making their first starts. Uh, but this mare has had plenty of success uh, in her three starts. Can get around the if she can get around the track a little smoother than she's been doing. I think she'll be very tough in here. Now the second division is race number six, blue chip matchmaker, forty thousand dollar division number two, and a horse that I like it here is a name that almost didn't fit uh, program wise. As you see, the N is kind of squished in there. A delightful <laughs> Memphis N for trainer Nifty Norman, and you know how much. And I guess we should ask this question: How much does the experience at Yonkers kind of help when you're coming into this series, like the delightful Memphis N has had? Oh yeah, it absolutely, it absolutely has to help. Certainly can't hurt, and uh, yeah, this mare's uh, uh, breezed uh, in a non-was of thirty thousand, bumped up to the open, and was a solid uncovered winner three races back. Uh, and then last week, uh, a perfect tune-up, missing missing by a nose, uh, another, another rugged try, and yeah, she's coming into this race in top shape, and clearly, uh, I would say worthy of her uh, eight to five morning line favoritism. Uh, obviously, the other horse that doesn't have experience uh, o- over the Yonkers Oval is Better Joy N for the Jim King Jr. Barn, uh, stable mate to Sharton N. So uh, yeah, this horse only making a third start in the U.S. Uh, off a solid, uh, strong closing effort at Dover Downs. You know, you know she'll be ready. They, when they when they ship their horses here, they are 150% ready to go. So this shapes up as a pretty pretty interesting. Uh, Two horse affair. You have the the horse, the the, the recent down under horse that has a lot of ability versus, like you said, the horse with the with the experience. I think maybe you could flip a coin there. Go ahead, Mike. Hey, hey, Matt. I got a question for you. And Mike, I'll let you bring in the third division. Um, you know, we'll talk off the air about it because I noticed something in race seven that uh, I'm going to bring to some bring to your attention that uh, somebody at Yonkers should know about. Go ahead, Mike. Okay. <laughs> Apple bottom jeans. We had Joanne Looney King on the program last week. We were talking about Charlton and we were asking her maybe what are some of the mares in the, in the matchmaker that, you know, kind of scare her going down the road. And the first horse that she brought up was Apple bottom jeans. And here she is in division three. She's a two to one morning line favorite. You think she's uh, going to walk the walk in that race? Or are you eyeing somebody else? I'm pretty sure – I think she has a pretty decent uh, uh, local history at Yonkers. Uh, certainly knows her way around the track and uh, around small tracks. Um, off a of 15-4 mile, uh, again, deserves to be the, the morning line favorite. Maybe a little bit over bets. Uh, 
horse that might interest me a little bit is the five horse queen Lostris N. There, there's that N and A angle again. Uh, this horse breezed uh, last last fall. Breezed through the like the the Monday night condition races at Yonkers. Graduates from nine one as a six. Freshens up with a qualifier and boom comes back in the, the Philly mirror preferred with Lasix added and and and, and wins uh, right off the bench. Uh, this mare might have a lot more to offer. Um, <laughs> you know what? It's hard to transition so quickly uh, from from those younger Philly mirror condition races to winning a preferred to being in the matchmaker. Being enter, being confident enough to enter the horse in the matchmaker, uh, I'm going to take a small look at that horse if I can get an okay price in what looks like a pretty competitive race. Eighth race is the fourth division of the Blue Chip Matchmaker Series, a field of seven. This is a pretty interesting race in itself. You've got Caitlin N., who draws well towards the inside with driver Matt Kikaley. And then a horse that's kind of interested me over the past couple of weeks is the six, Sweet Swift Joy, who trainer Tony Alanya sends up uh, to Yonkers. Yeah, that, that start uh, two back on February 22nd uh, against uh, obviously slightly softer, not one of the 20,000 types. She had dull cover into a rate into her, uh, off, her, off a 15 and three half. When she swung wide in the final turn, she absolutely exploded home, 27 and three final quarter. I mean, she just motored by. You don't see moves like that to win going away that often. And she followed up where, where Jim Rome Jr. put her on the front end and she just jogged. Obviously, she's facing much better horses here, but uh, she a- absolutely could have a lot more in the tank and a lot more to offer. And, and yeah, this is a very tough race to figure, and uh, she she may well be my 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 top choice here. Um, you know what? You have speed from the inside. You have uh, Itty Bitty, who obviously is an established horse here, uh, has an open handicap win uh, right over this track two starts back. She's a GNP. Uh, another import, Peter Tritton, who won an open Philly and Mare here. Gold Orchids uh, has a lot of upside, but uh, maybe needs a start or so. I'm going to take a stab at Sweet Swift, Swift Joy can get some sort of maybe live cover and be able to charge home like I saw her do two back. Just to touch on this field real quick, Matt, I um, and you probably saw me on Facebook last year uh, when Gold Orchid uh, made her debut, and I think her second start at Harris, Philadelphia, and she, she was just so visually impressive. I mean, just one of those horses that you look at on the racetrack, and, and I'll tell you what, every once in a while, it doesn't happen often, but every once in a while, there's a horse that just catches your eye, mm-hmm. you know, visually on the racetrack and gold orchid uh, was one of those horses. Yeah. I remember you, uh, I remember you touting this horse. Uh, yeah. Sometime in the middle of uh, last fall, last September, when she, when she first burst on the scene uh, again, another one of those imports and uh, two qualifiers, obviously the second qualifier looks much stronger than the first qualifier home in 26 and one question is, is she ready to go right off the bench? I, I imagine uh, her connections, Mark Carter, obviously were pointed to this, to this series and to this race, I, I got to believe that they're, they're probably happy uh, with the progression of the qualifiers. But uh, again, it's kind of tricky for, you know, first start again, racing against horses. I've had quite a few starts already this year. Uh, I'd be a little hesitant to take too short of a price on her, but uh, again, yes, yeah, she's got the talent. It wouldn't surprise me. You're right off the bench. If she was able to win. All right, final division of the uh, Blue Chip Matchmakers in race number nine. Then we'll jump to the Levy. And obviously, the elephant in race nine is Sharton. She's going to be getting all the wagering attention. She's going to be getting all the attention, uh, period, probably, because she's making her first start since uh, that game. Gutsy, impressive 
Breeders' Crown win. Oh, my, was that an unbelievable race? She showed tons of heart there. She's qualified well. Joanne Looney King says she's ready to go. But there's a horse that, you know, you mentioned better be Chevron. Uh, and uh, don't think twice. These are a couple of horses that can really, really throw some curveballs at Charton. Yeah, I mentioned better be Chevron. Her first start uh, at Yonkers, uh, I, you want to talk about visually impressive. Uh, basically, Jordan Stratton just sat patiently, tipped down the final turn, cleared like a tired horse. And you want to talk about visually impressive. He was under like – he just exploded, exploded with a burst of speed that you don't see that often and followed it up with another race where basically came on 27 and, and Stratton was under – you know, had her under a hold. Uh, a couple of tough spots since then, but uh, again, this is a horse with a ton of talent. Um, Lance Hudson trainee, who has been very, very hot uh, this year so far. Uh, the only problem is the post, obviously. You know, Chardonnay is going to attract all the attention, and obviously, it will be at some point the one to catch, I imagine, in this race. Um, but yeah, it better be Chevron, maybe not this week to win, but I, I say she's definitely a force going forward. And you mentioned don't think, think twice. Uh, I know the uh, Andrew Harris was uh, very high on this mare, but uh, you know what? She made her first start in the Philly Mare Open and, and really did not fire with her best. And uh, I, I don't know. I'm a little I'm a little hesitant. I might want to see one from her also to, to, to see if she could be a little bit tighter. But, yeah, like you said, Chardonnay is going to attract all the attention, except in the show pool because there's no show wagering. But, uh, yeah, she will be uh, one to five, one to nine, and I don't see any reason why she isn't 100% ready to go right off the bench. Well, Matt, you just made you made me disappointed there. You made me disappointed. I can't bet my show bet now. That's, that's disappointing. That's disappointing. <laughs> no no five cents on a dollar for you. Sorry, not this way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's jump to Saturday night. This is where the George Morton Levy Bracket Buster Contest begins. There are six divisions mm-hmm. of the George Morton Levy Series, and we start with race number four. And what a packed field uh, this is, a field of seven. Don Domingo has been racing extremely well, has five wins and eight starts. Uh, looks like going to pick up Matt Kikili, uh as far as the proof is concerned. Uh, that's where he's listed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Georgie Brennan draws the inside with Winsong Leo, who I'm really kind of interested to see if they make a decent comeback, is Dr. J. Hanover. Yeah. Yeah, you know what, Dr. J. Hanover uh, obviously gets around this track very very well, has had success in leaving the past. Uh, don't quite know what happened in that start uh, last week. I'm, I'm willing just to, you know, uh, cross that line out. Uh, but yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little hesitant also. I think he might need another start to, to hit top form. You mentioned Don Domingo, another Lance Hudson uh, import who's been uh, another one that looks super. But this is a uh, again uh, the seven hole can, uh, you know, as good as you look, you're on the far side versus some live horses. Uh, it might be tough to get involved. I think Western Fame is a very interesting horse. Uh, Renee Lard, uh, Renee Lard and company purchased a source uh, sometime last fall. I guess entered it right in the Potomac. Pays at Rosecroft wins, <laughs> has a perfect uh, tightener last week at Saratoga where uh, he closed very well. And uh, maybe, maybe he's got another uh, Keystone Velocity type on his hands who uh, won back-to-back Levies. I, I think this horse is well spotted here against a couple horses that are coming back. And a couple of horses that may have a couple question marks. Uh, I kind of like Western Fame in this spot. 
second of. I don't know uh, what kind of six, price we're gonna. I'm sorry. I, yeah. I'm sorry no, I was, I was, I was actually, I was looking at. Yeah, I think, uh, I think there's. I don't know. I mean, you know, obviously you want to look for value in all situations, but uh, you know, and I do think there's a lot of talent in that field. I think that that field is pretty deep. Uh, it's interesting. We're looking at the proof. I don't know. You don't know the final drivers yet. You have Jason right. Bartlett listed on someone in L.A. who he's driven forever. And you have him listed on Market So, who's uh, returning off uh, a ready-to-go looking qualifier. And obviously, uh, this guy is almost $2.8 million. Interesting to see who he goes with here because he's, uh, he's, got, he's got a tough choice there. And I, as of right now, uh, I guess uh, the judges at Yonkers may know, but uh, we certainly don't know. Yet. But it'll be interesting to see who he picks in there. Let's jump to Division 2. It's race 5. Good field debate here. Now, we know that Rock and Ron could uh, outrace the car out of there if he needs to. He's got a lot of speed, but he is making his first start of 2019. Some bad dude. There was a real nice write-up, uh, I believe, this morning on the USTA. Um, Chris and Me's another horse, uh, you know, pacing major, I think, could step forward. There's uh, a lot of, uh, lot of possibilities here, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, the, the three-horse anything for love uh... – uh, for Team Bongiorno, uh, Jennifer Bongiorno, trainer, Joe Bongiorno, driver. This guy hit town for the Meadows and uh, put in a bunch of solid efforts. And then he, he was one of a, a handful of uh, Jennifer Bongiorno horses that kind of ran off the screen last weekend uh, at Yonkers. And this guy, uh, I mean, you couldn't be coming to this race any sharp off a 151 and three mile. Um, but yeah, this is a, this is a tough, uh, tough race. There's some bad dude. Uh, I think we'll ha- obviously have to show a lot more than he's shown his last two uh, local efforts. Pacing majors disappointed me since coming back a little bit. Uh, and you know, it's a tough race because Rock and Ron obviously uh, will attract a lot of attention, but he's another one making his first start of the year. Obviously, he's ready to go off those qualifiers, uh, and I'm sure they, you know, they the Burke Barn will have him ready and are satisfied with those two qualifiers. It's a tough race. Uh, I might give the edge to anything for love with uh, from Jim Bongiorno, maybe to have a a tactical advantage uh, on, on some of the other competition here. Let's jump to race number six, and we see the return of Beckham Z Tam. Barn change here to Bruce Saunders. That's an interesting change. And, of course, the always gutsy bit of a legend draws post number eight. Going to be a tough trip for a bit of a legend from the outside. Uh, what say you? Yeah, that's a little disappointing to see a bit of a legend end up in the eight hole. Uh, I don't, I don't know if Jordan Stratton can even, you know, improve position off the gate. That might be a tough call. And I think, I think uh, you have to lean towards Beckham Zetam here, though. Uh, basically, with the post edge, uh, he made it. He made a nice acclimating uh, start at Yonkers, three back, his first start of the year. Uh, he gained, missed a nose to somewhere in L.A. Uh, and then those are two super efforts at the Meadowlands. Uh, he did get he got run over from behind uh, two back, but then you know was put on the front end and dominated last week. I think he's clearly the one, uh, especially with, especially from the spot with the with the post edge. But uh, I imagine he'll I imagine he'll be bet accordingly though, so I, I won't expect a whole lot of value. But he is the most logical winner in there. Leg four, race number seven, uh, or actually division four of the uh, first leg. Mm-hmm. 
field of eight to Lockhorns. And uh, here we go again, another Jim King charge uh, from overseas. Duplicated gets the pylon draw. Um, but there's some other interesting horses in here as well. I think Rodeo Rockboy, that was a very impressive start last time. Is He's the one that came from the clouds and uh, it broke yep. my heart against Beckham Zetham. And the, both of them were just <laughs> flying in that particular race. And that was one of those races where you watch Beckham Zetham and you think, okay, he's flying. He's going to have the last word. And Rodeo Rock just out of You want to talk about out of nowhere? That's the definition yep. of out of nowhere right there. <laughs> but uh, some other good horses. I mean, J.J. Flynn's. You know, five or six, he's been good. Obviously, this is a step up. Uh, you know, the downtown bus making his first start. That's Garnet Barnsdale's favorite horse, by the way. So, another <laughs> lot, another race with a lot of possibilities. Yeah, this is a race I, I think I have the most trouble with. Uh, duplicated and obviously makes a lot of sense from the Jim King Jr. barn. But, uh, again, we'll, we'll probably offer absolutely no value. Um, the downtown bus is kind of interesting. Uh, as a three-year-old, he made his one start here last November and. uh you know, the line doesn't look great. I just, you know, he's, he's seventh, he closed there, but he was, he rallied from a, a, a complete impossible spot and then had plenty of pace. And, and then they, I guess they shut him down. Maybe that was, a, that was the race to, to test in the waters to see if uh, when he comes back, he's a, he now is a four-year-old, he's Levy worthy. Um, yeah, this, this is the, this is the race I had the, 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 the toughest time with. Uh, I guess if I had to make a default selection to be duplicated, not that I want to give out a, a chalk, but uh uh, again, uh, Rodeo Rock has, has raced great at Yonkers, uh, has plenty of experience there. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to use the term flip a coin, but I might, uh, if I had a three headed coin, maybe duplicated Rodeo Rock downtown bus, maybe wait to see which one offers the, the, the best value there. I think the downtown bus likely will. Uh, I imagine Tim Teacher going to be driving duplicated, so I don't know who's going to be listed on the downtown bus. Uh, perhaps Jason Bartlett. I don't see him listed in this race. It's kind of interesting. We have to play a guessing game here uh, with the, with the drivers. But uh, yeah, you know what? Maybe if I get a little value in the downtown bus, uh, I'll be willing to take a little bit of a flyer there. All right, the eighth race is the next division. A full field of eight. And Matt, this is a race where it, it's pretty competitive as far as you know. When you look, and of course, we're just looking at the entries and the proof. But it looks like a pretty competitive mm-hmm. race on paper. Um, to me, anyway, number eight endeavors pretty much a toss at this point. Uh, no starts this year is coming back off the layoff. Funkin' Waffles drop post number seven. This is, uh, if I had to guess, this is probably one of the tougher races from a handicapping standpoint. Oh uh, yeah, um, ab- absolutely. Because um, you have Funkin' Waffles who, who may attract attention just off of maybe his name recognition. Endeavor, like you said, his first start eight hole. Um, <laughs> tough call. I think there's a couple of horses that are going to have to show a lot more. Uh, the wall's a nice horse. Maybe it may be in a little bit tough. Rockathon is a nice horse. Maybe in a little bit tough. Nocturnal Hanover, uh, Jeffrey Gillis, uh, you know, had a decent acclimating mile last week. The horse I'm kind of leaning towards is maybe the three betters fire and uh, a little bit of time off, uh, three weeks off coming to this race. He's another uh, uh, down-under guy uh, from Ron Cushing, Heidi Gibbs. Has looked absolutely super uh, in his handful of starts until his last effort where he kind of – it's interesting. He didn't take, he didn't take any money. Uh, if, you, if, you, if you're someone that follows, like, you know, the wagering activity and you say, geez, the horse looks live, he doesn't look live. It's amazing. He didn't look live and on the board, and he kind of raced flat. But you know what? I'm going to take a stab that he goes back to any of those uh, prior efforts. And another one, he could be pointed towards the front end and may have a tactical edge. 
on uh, horse like Endeavor, a horse like Nocturnal Blue Chip. Uh, I'm a rock and roll legend. Legend is also an interesting horse uh, that's no stranger to the high condition races of Yonkers. And Doug DeLoyne Jr. does great work with these down under horses also. But uh, I'll just hope they're better as fire in, maybe a little freshening off three weeks. Maybe he's ready to go. All right, we get down to the uh, sixth and final division of the first leg. It is race number nine on the Saturday program at Yonkers. Very nice ride-up over the past couple of days on Mock Doro, who doesn't uh, get any help from the post gods. He's got overcome post seven. But uh, here we go, another Lance Hudson horse locked in luck. You've got some power, I think, on the inside. Barney Enns making his first start. So another really, really interesting race here at race nine. Yeah, you know what? I'm kind of leaning towards the the the, the old experienced horse, uh, Gokudo Hanover. When he gets good, he gets he gets very good. And he saw f- uh, four back. He went wire to wire from the rail in 152 and three. It was an okay effort. He did what he had to do to win. It kind of turned me off his following start. So of course I kind of ignored him and he jogs on the front end. They did a seven hole and an eight hole where he closed well from off the pace. But realistically, had no chance and wasn't forwardly placed off the gate. I think in this spot, uh, interesting that George Brennan is uh, listed again. You know what? I, I think he might be the horse that, that could he be ignored a little bit with Marnian uh, taking a lot of action. More the better. He'll take some action. Mock Doré, tough spot, but he'll take some. He'll probably take some play. Bellows Binge has been racing very good for Richard Banker. I'm going to take a stab at maybe Kukudahanov can can get the front end, maybe get away a little cheap on the front end, and uh, be able to hold these off at an okay price. All right, some interesting divisions of both the Matchmaker and the Levy coming up this weekend at Yonkers, so make sure you pay attention. Matt, it's uh, always a pleasure to have you on, my friend. You do good work. We certainly appreciate you breaking down these races for us. Maybe we see it a little bit more clearly now. And uh, listen, uh, maybe uh, maybe we'll, we'll definitely have to have you on a couple more times as this uh, is the divisions and the legs wind down. This is, in my opinion, I was telling you know, uh, right uh, right at the beginning of the show. This is one of my favorite times of year because you've got uh, a lot of major racetracks opening. You've got, you know, the Levy and the Matchmaker Series, and it is a true sign of warm weather in spring. <laughs> Absolutely. As it's uh, going to be in the 50s today, and it's going to be nice weather tonight at Yonkers. Uh, yeah, spring is right around the corner, and uh, it's amazing. It's, uh, all of a sudden you blink your eyes, and it's the Levy and the Matchmaker. But, again, I've said this is always my favorite. Always my, the Levy is always my favorite series. And obviously the matchmaker is a nice compliment. So, yeah, it's going to be a fun, I guess, next six weeks uh, with these two series. All right, let's get it done. Matt, we appreciate it, buddy. All right, thank you, guys. I appreciate it, too. All right, that was uh, Matt Rosen, DRF Harness, breaking down the big weekend coming up at Yonkers. Boy, what is there, five divisions of the matchmaker, six divisions of the Levy? I mean, I'll tell you what, if you're a harness racing fan, you know, over the next couple of weeks and even into this weekend with the opening of uh, Pocono, the opening of Hoosier coming up, the opening of, of Harris Philly coming up, boy, you got a lot to look forward to. Yeah, you do. It's going to be a lot of fun, a big weekend of harness racing action. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Well, we've got one more commercial break to take, and when we uh, come back, we'll wrap this thing up. Post Time with Mike and Mike is presented by Bet America and the USTA. Back in a moment. 
Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a lift chair or scooter to help with your mobility needs? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application or contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. If eligible, you may receive funding. Mike? Are you a harness racing trainer or driver? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2018 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2019 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through November 30th. For the drivers and trainers that are currently participating in the challenge and donate $100, they will receive a Pacing for the Cure long sleeve t-shirt or baseball cap. For a $250 donation, the driver or trainer will receive two tickets to the annual party. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers and trainers. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Super thanks to all of our guests for joining us here this morning. And uh, listen, Mike, I'm looking forward to the George Morton Levy series. Don't forget, selections are due by 9.30 tonight. We'll see everybody back here next week. First post is 10.30. Good night. Yeah.